belated Merry Christmas to all of you, and uh, I don't know how many of you were here, were able to come here on Christmas Eve, but we had a great time Christmas Eve, and I, I'm so, I just am so grateful for everyone who participates in our, in, a, in our services and gives of their time, and, and uh, it's a busy time of the year, but it was a great time to be together, and uh, so I want to, again, thank everybody who was a part of it and who was here helping with that grind to get it done. I think we ended up having three on, well, we, I know we had three services. Uh, we had one online, but we, we ran about 80 a service right around there, and I was pleasantly surprised by that, um, given the circumstances that we're in, and so it, it, it kind of shocked me, but, but it was a great time. And uh, this is a great season, but... It's also been a difficult season in some respects, and I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but one of our brothers, one of our family member here at Abundant Life Fellowship, has gone home to be with Jesus. Gary Peltima uh, suffered a stroke. I'm not sure exactly how long ago it was, but he kind of held on and was fighting for a few days, but eventually he did, uh, he did uh, pass away. And Gary, our brother in the Lord, is with Jesus today. And uh, so let's keep Gary's uh, family members in prayer. His nephew is here. Um, I'm sorry, say your name again. Mark. Mark and then Rhonda and uh, the family. And let's, let's keep them in our prayers uh, at this time. We're sad to see. I remember. I remember Gary used to bring Mary Jane to church, his mom, and she was the... She was a lady that sat in the back, and she'd always give me that, praise God, amen, hallelujah. And I just loved it. And uh, Gary would come, and he would stand in the back for, for about a year. He would, he would bring her to church, but he would stand back by the door. I think he was making his, he was staying close to a quick getaway if he had to. But over time, he started coming in and sitting through the services. And then Gary walked up front one Sunday morning and gave his heart to Jesus and shared his testimony. And it was just, it was just awesome to see what God did in his heart. And over the years, he's been a very giving, loving person in our family. And we'll miss him, but we know that he's uh, with the Lord today. Amen? So that gives us, we don't, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We're sorry to see him go, but we are so glad that right now he's enjoying the presence of the Lord. But let's keep them all in our prayers. Amen. Well, can you believe that we have made it to the last Sunday of the year? Are, are, you, are you good with this? I'm good with it. Now let me just say something. I, there's nothing magical about crossing over from one year into the next, but I do believe there's something very significantly spiritual about it. And even though it's another day on the calendar, and, there, and there's nothing special about flipping the calendar, the Lord said to Noah after he landed the ark, after, after he was, uh, got through the flood, the Lord said, from now on, there, here's what it's going to be. There's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be day and night. There's going to be seasons. Life is going to go on. But in the process of life going on, we do turn corners, and there are seasons, and there are new years, and there is a passing on to a new day. 
And there are days and seasons of refreshing and renewal. And I really believe that especially with what we're going through and what we've been through, I really think that the Lord, I really hope that God, in a way I hope that we really step into what this new season may represent for every one of us. About a week or two ago, I was praying and thinking about, you know, coming down to the end. I knew I was going to preach today and the first Sunday of the year. And and, and uh, I just, I felt like the Lord put a word in my heart. The word was, enter his rest. And that is the title of the series that I want to begin today, enter his rest. It, it's going to, I'm going to do a message on it today and then I want to uh, begin the year next year with it. And as we close out the year 2020 and enter into another year, I really do believe that God wants us to enter into his rest. And um, in fact, I was thinking of that phrase, we may have heard it before, you got to have a good exit strategy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I was thinking, man, a good exit strategy for 2020 is to enter into his rest and to get into that place. And so uh, I want to talk about this today. And today, specifically, I want to talk about finding rest in a restless time or in a restless world. And I want to read out of Hebrews chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to want to open there with me in Hebrews chapter, I said 9, I think it's chapter 4, and I want to begin reading at verse 9, 10, and 11. So Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9, 10, and 11. This is what the word says. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Just stay right there for just a moment. Let that sink in. There remains, there is, there is ongoingly a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, that is, whoever of you believe, have entered the rest of Jesus, as he himself also ceased from his works, as God, he has ceased from his works as God did from his works. So when God created the heavens and the earth, on the seventh day he rested. And that is God's Sabbath. And he's talking about entering into the Sabbath of God's rest all the days of our life, not just every seven days. And just like God entered into his rest, in him, we can cease from our labors, from our trying, our self-effort at salvation and help and trying to make things happen for ourselves and just put our full confidence in him and be at rest in him that he did it all, that he accomplished it all, and that I can't do anything apart from him or without him. So he says, therefore, there always remains this rest for the people of God. For that person who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Look at verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. And he was referring to those in the wilderness journey who never 
fully entered into the rest of God because they doubted God, they didn't believe God, they didn't believe God's word, they didn't follow after God's plan for their life, and they missed what God had for them. They, got, they were delivered out of Egypt, but they never really got to possess their full inheritance and rest in the Lord. And he said, let's be diligent. Everybody say diligent. Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for this moment we have together today on this last Sunday of 2020. And I just pray today, Lord, that you would help me with this word to share it, to deliver it. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that your anointing would just fall in this room. And for all of those watching online right now, God, we pray that you would speak to them just as real as you would speak to anyone here. We thank you that they're a part of what we're doing today. We pray your blessings upon them as well in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. So right here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, it says that we are to be diligent to enter that rest. The word for diligence means to exert your strength or to endeavor hard at something. So... It's kind of ironic. He's saying we must work hard at being at rest. That's what it comes off like. Like whatever you can do to stay in the rest of God, get to that place. What did Jesus teach us? Whoever abides in me or whoever remains in me, and I in them shall bear much fruit. From, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Whatever you do, stay in me. Press into me. Paul said, I press toward the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul didn't, he did not know the rest of God. He understood the rest of God. Many people believe that Paul was writing the book of Hebrews. And so when he's talking about Entering into his rest, he's saying, whatever you can do, be diligent, work at staying in the rest of God. For most of us, this has been a time where we needed true rest. Our spirits have gotten out of whack. It's a crazy world out there. It feels like a lot of things have been upside down and topsy-turvy. And as John reminded us here this morning, this isn't the first time that it's been like this. And this isn't the last time that it's been like this. It may be the first time for some of us, but it'll, there'll be more days like this ahead, just like there have been days like this in the past. And just because we're going into a new year doesn't mean all this stuff is just going to automatically and magically go away either. In fact, it may get worse before it gets better. God help us, I hope I'm not prophesying. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what it becomes or how quick it becomes or if things change right away, you and I can still enter into His rest. We can be at rest even in the world of restlessness and confusion and clamoring and conflict. We can have the rest of God. We can walk in His rest. We can live in His rest. We can be at rest. And not only that, we can be dispensers of His rest. So how can we find rest in all this restlessness? Well, in a moment, I want to I talk about how 
to get into that place of rest. But before I do, I want to talk about the what of rest. What is this rest that we're talking about? The first thing that I want to share with you is that the rest that God has for us is a promise of God. God has promised us that we can be at rest. Psalms 94 verse 13 says that God will give him rest from the days of adversity. God says, I will give you rest when you go through times of adversity. I am the one who gives rest. Rest isn't that there isn't hardship or hard times or difficult times, but it's God saying, I can give you rest right in the midst of adversity. When things aren't working like they should, when things seem to be falling apart, when, when there seems to be more fighting and fussing and, and, and dishonesty and clamoring going on in your world, I can still give you rest right in the middle of that adversity. And when we talk about the rest of God, what are we talking about? We're talking about this sense of being released from anxiety in our heart or worrying about every little thing, or having this sense of insecurity, like what's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my finances? What's going to happen to my life and my family? We lose that because in the rest of God, we know that God is our help, and we know that God is our salvation. We know that He's the one that's going to get us from this year to the next year to the following year and from decade to decade, from the 60s to the 70s to the best decade of the 80s. Then, No, I'm joking. Then the 90s and then the early 2000s. I mean, He's getting us through. Amen. We know that He is our help. He's our strength. He's our salvation. God promised that He would give you rest out of adversity. In the midst of adversity. Not only is rest a promise of God. But rest is a place in God. I want you to look at this scripture. It says in Numbers chapter 10 verse 33. It says this. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord. On a journey of three days. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Went before them. For the three days journey. To search out, read it with me, a resting place for them. When the children of Israel were having been delivered from Egyptian bondage and headed toward their their possession and inheritance in the Lord, if so to speak, there was this journey. And all of us, how you know, how many of you know that all of us are on a journey and we're in our walk with God? And so they on this journey, the ark which was the presence of God in the midst of the people of Israel, went before them and looking for a resting place for them. So that when they got there, they could rest there. They could settle in there. They could abide there knowing that God had brought them to this place of rest. And when I saw that, I really felt like the Lord put it in my spirit to just, He just wants us to know today that not only is rest a promise, but it is actually a place. 
That there are rest stops in our life where God will bring us in the midst of adversity, in the place of confusion, in the place of worrisome problems in our life. God will bring us right into a place. And how many of you know it's good to be in a good place? How's your world? It's terrible. How are you? I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. I'm at rest. It's restless. It's confusing. It's troubling, it's discouraging, even depressing, but I can be in a place of rest. And you know when you're in a place of rest, you just get up and just live your life. You get up and go to work, you get up and go to school, you get up and just kind of go on through life. And all of the world seems to be fussing and falling apart, but you just keep living from day to day to day in the rest of God. So... Let the Lord lead you to those rest stops. How many of you have ever been traveling and you needed a rest stop and now? About five miles ago. Well, the Lord knows the rest stops you need in your life. And he's going to bring you to that place. Amen. The third thing about what is this idea of rest, it's not only a promise of God, it's not only a place in God, but it is the person of God himself. Jesus is our rest. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11? He said, everyone who is weary and heavy laden, come to me and find rest for your souls. Jesus says, I am your rest. I love what he said. He said, listen to what he said. All you who are weary and heavy laden. He didn't say, all you are happy and got it together. He said, all of you who are falling apart. All of you who are carrying tremendous burden and heavy weight in your life and you don't know how you're going to get through this and you don't know if your family is going to survive. He said, those are the people I'm saying, come to me because there's rest in me. There isn't any rest outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is that place of rest and he is that promise of rest. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus, who is our Savior, are we at rest. And when we are at rest in Jesus, you know what we do? We cease from self-effort and performance-based perfection to try to hold our life together and to keep ourselves in, you know, we're, to where we look like we got it all together. We're trying in every way to maintain and to, and to look a certain way. Jesus says, no, come to me in your weariness. Come to me in your heaviness. Let me be your strength. Let me be your salvation. Let me be your rest. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Rest. Think of resting as leaning on. We're leaning on the Lord. We're leaning on Him. We're taking the weight, we're shifting the weight from ourself to the Lord. We're shifting the weight of our, our worry. We're shifting the weight of our own thinking, of our emotions. We're shifting the weight of our problems 
unto the Lord, leaning not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledging Him, leaning on Him, knowing that He's going he's gonna to make it all come together. Isn't that great? This is, this is what it means to rest. God has promised rest. And when God gives a promise, all of, the God, all of the promises of God are in Christ, and they are yes and amen. Rest is yours today. It's a place. The Lord will bring us to places of rest. And it's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, keeping that in mind, and thinking on those things, let's, let's shift how do, we, how do we find rest in the midst of restlessness? Now, what I'm going to share with you, these are just some thoughts that come out of my heart. These are some things that, that I think maybe I need to do a little bit of. And so this is kind of some just a, a variety of devotional kind of concepts that I want to encourage us in to find rest in a restless world, number one, we need to shake the dust off of 2020. We need to shake off the dust of 2020 right now. We just need to determine right now that we're going to shake the dust of 2020 off our feet. We're not looking back, and we're not living back. We're going on. Amen? Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Here's what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 10, 14. He said, And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, read it with me, shake off the dust from your feet. There it is. God says, I want you, if... If you didn't, if you go, Jesus says to his disciples, when you go into a city, I led you there. I wanted you to live there. I wanted you to bring my word and my message there. But if that city doesn't receive you, eventually you're just going to leave that city. But I don't want you to get discouraged about what happened there. I don't want you to get caught up what didn't happen there. I want you to brush the dust off your feet and go on because I've got greater things in store. You don't have to live there and allow that to shape you or to affect you or to control you. Let it go. That was Jesus' way of saying, just let it go. Everything doesn't work out. Everything doesn't pan out. Everybody doesn't fall in line like we would hope they have. And this is what we need to do with 2020 and COVID and all of our regrets and all of those places of ruined experiences in our lives and discouragement and even personal failure in the process. Come on, anybody in the room personally failed in any way? It's okay, you don't have to raise your hand. I know you did. It's not because I'm spiritual, it's because I'm human. Amen. Just brush or shake the dust of this past year off of your spiritual feet so that you can move on and move into this next year we heard that, we hear those sayings, uh, you bite the dust. Anybody here ever felt like they bit the dust this last year? So we need to get rid of those regrets. 
those ruined experiences, even the resentments of things that have happened. I think there's a lot of resentment in the hearts of people today. We resent the political stuff. We resent how things are turning out. We resent what we've been going through. We're carrying a spirit of resentment. We need to get that dust off of us. Time marches on. God's in the next year. And you will be too. Amen. Shake off the dust. Because if you don't shake it off, we're going to be heavy laden. We're going to carry that baggage into the next season of our life. But remember, Jesus said, if you're heavy laden, come to me, right? So at any moment, we can just let it go. We can shake it off. We can just say, I can't. I, you know, and if I and if I don't shake it off, I'm going to be trying my best to overcome and to you know make it work and to to keep myself together. But listen, if you if you try to keep up, eventually you're going to give up because you can't keep up. You can't fix it. You can't make yourself better. You have to you have to just kind of like give it up so that you don't give up. Let it go. Shake it off. We all bit the dust. Let's all move on. Amen. Amen. I hope this is mean, means something to somebody out there. Number one, shake the dust. How do, we, how do we find rest? How do we get into that place of rest in a restless world? Shake the dust of 2020 off your feet. Number two, determine now that you're going to walk from this day forward in the fullness of the Spirit of God. Paul said in Romans 8.14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Look at those words. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. The Spirit of God on the inside of us. Listen, I got, great, I got a great word for you. The Spirit of God on the inside of us is greater than any problem or force on the outside of us. So it really, you know, what comes and what's been coming and what we've been going through has no power over the power in you. The only thing is that we must determined out of our heart that we are going to stay full of the Holy Spirit. That we're going to follow His lead, keep in step with His walk. Not lagging behind, because let me tell you something about lagging behind. That's where the enemy attacks. Let me give you a proof text. It's found in the Old Testament. The Amalekites... They came up behind Israel and they attacked the people that were in the back. The weary, the worn out, the tired. Those who didn't want to get toward the front, but they kind of lagged behind. And that's where the enemy struck, as he always does. Let me tell you something about lions. They are ferocious. They are fearful. They are, I wouldn't want to tangle with one, but look, they go after the weak and the vulnerable. Because they can catch them. 
And we sometimes wear our weakness and our vulnerability and our sorrow and our sadness like a badge on our arm as though it, it's going to get us curious favor. It doesn't. It gets you in deep doo-doo with the devil. I don't even know why. He comes at people who are lagging behind. And sometimes we think, oh, you know what, I've, I've given my all, I've given my best, I think I'm just going to sit back, I, think, I, don't, I don't think I want to teach anymore, I don't think I want to be a part of ministry, I don't think I want to lead a small group anymore, I've been there, I've done that, I, I, you know, I put in my time, I put in my effort, and we start, we talk ourselves into going to the back. Oh, I'm preaching now. We talk ourselves into lagging behind. And that's why we succumb when the warfare happens. And when they went into the promised land, here's what the Lord said to Moses. He says, I want you to tell the people, remember what the Amalekites did. And don't forget, when you get over there on the other side, you got enemies there too. And you better never forget. And this is what the Lord said. Teach them to not forget what the Amalekites did. And you know what he's saying in a roundabout way? Don't find yourself just going to the back, lagging behind. Stay full of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Paul said, Paul said, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is how you walk in the peace of God. By staying full of the Spirit of God. And a few moments ago, I talked about those rest stops. Let me give you a couple of ideas about the rest stops of the Spirit. Number one, he said, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. The very next verse, verse 19, tells us one of the keys to remaining in the, that flowing fullness of the Spirit is singing psalms and spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Put on a spirit of praise and worship in the Spirit of God. Instead of murmuring and complaining and griping, get up and put on some music if you have to. Put on some worship on YouTube if you have to. Put it on your phone and just determine. I think Daniel even instructed us today, you don't wait for a feeling. You, you worship out of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because you have the Spirit on the inside of you and you just begin to put on a spirit of praise and worship and you will find yourself living in the rest of God. And here's another one. And there's another thing. And that is praying in your spiritual language. And you say, well, I don't have a spiritual language. And I say, get one. Amen. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and, and just begin to operate out of that spiritual language because the Bible said this, this promise is for you and all who believe. Amen. Amen. Paul said, I pray in my tongue. I, he, he said, I speak in tongues more than anyone because he was, he was trying to bring some clarity of, of the abuse of spiritual language that, and there was an abuse of it being misused and abused. 
And he needed to bring correction about that. But he wasn't saying, I'm not saying, as some churches have determined over the decades and over the millennia, that he was saying that there's going to come to end to, an end to your spiritual language or the need of spiritual language in tongues. He, wasn't, he said, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it shouldn't be. He said, I do it more than everybody. He said, I'll tell you another thing. He said, I pray in my spiritual language and I sing in my spiritual language. And the reason why this is so important, I don't have this verse for you because it would be a good one to have up there. But it's found in Isaiah chapter 28, verses 11 and 12. Here's what the Lord said. Through people of strange tongues, the Lord will speak. Listen, and this is the rest. Whoa. Paul took that same scripture when he was teaching about tongues, and he was saying that promise out of the Old Testament is what he's talking about in what we have today in the fullness of the Spirit of God. We've been given a spiritual language that when we pray in it and then when we worship in it, it is our rest. Praise God. Come on. I can't tell if you're smiling or frowning behind those masks. It is the rest. And I want to encourage us today, we can't, we can't go another one of these years without the fullness of the Spirit. We can't go the rest of our lives without this. And so we need to walk in the Holy Spirit. That's the rest. Be at rest is to walk in the Holy Spirit. It's not only to shake off this last year and the regrets and the the ruin and the resentment and all of that stuff of this last year. But it's determined that I'm going to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Which means I'm not going to look to myself. I'm going to look to the Spirit of God. Amen. Here's a third thing that I want to encourage us in today. About finding rest in a restless world. And that is we need to cast our care upon the Lord. That's the word. Cast your care. Everybody say, cast your care. Cast your care. Now, you guys know the story about David and his son, Absalom. Absalom conspired with David's kind of leadership to overthrow his kingdom. I mean, how many of you know that would be a terrible year in your life? When your own flesh and blood turns on you and usurps authority and power and eventually takes the throne only because David didn't want to kill his own son or fight him. So he, he went to the hills and he ran to God. It's really what he did. And he wrote a psalm. And in that psalm, he's talking about the, the, the deep anguish of what he's going through and how difficult a time this is and how he's just crushed in his spirit and in those words he talks about his heart being pained and he said terrors have fallen upon me and fear and trembling have overwhelmed me and then he said this in psalms 55 verse 6 i want you to look at these words he said oh that i had the wings do we have that one psalms 55 
No, we don't. So he says here, listen to these words. He says, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. Listen, I would fly away and be at rest. How many in this room have said something like that? If I could just get out of here, then I could really be at rest. If I could just get away from this problem, if I could just find a way out of this, if I could just ignore this pe- these people, if I can get away from these individuals, if I can just quit this job, I'll be at rest. If I could just resign this church, then I'll be at rest. Not that I've said that, but... You know what, somebody, I heard somebody say one time, I think it's really true, you can't run from your problems because wherever you are, you still have problems. It was something to that effect. You can't run from your problems because you'll always, because you're always there. You're always at the next place. We want to make it all about what's out here, and really, it's all about how we're handling it. David said, "Man, I want to get out of this. I want to run away from this. I want to leave this." But then he said, and I don't know if we have this one, but he said later in that psalm, Psalms fifty-five, verse twenty-two. He said, "Cast." your burden on the Lord. Cast your care on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Right now, what, what we've got to do, if, we're, if our soul is out of peace, if we're not at rest, we've got to stop trying to carry our own stuff and just cast it. And the word cast literally means to fling or to hurl violently. So what the Lord is saying is, I want you to hurl your cares on me. Come on. Fling them my way. Stop trying to fix it until you know you can't fix it anymore and then you eventually try to give it to God, but you're too weak to hurl it because you've been carrying it so long. But every day of your life, get up and give it all to God. Lay it all down in His presence and say, I can't carry it. I don't know how to fix it and I don't know how to get through it. But I'm throwing it your way. Right back at you. Amen. Cast your care. Cast your care. Throw it. Fling it, hurl it, hallelujah, to God. Give it to Him, and you'll be in a place of rest. Amen. And then there is one final idea or thought that I would like to share with us about finding rest, and that is that we can be at rest knowing that God is leading us. We can be at rest knowing that God is leading us. Know that God is actively leading your life. He's bringing you right where you want to be. He's leading. Amen. Many years ago when Julie and I and this church were going through a very difficult season because of my own failure, because of my own issues, there was a lot of disrest, or at least that's how my soul, that's what I was feeling in my life. And my, my thought was, let's go away. Let's fly away like a bird and be at rest. 
because it isn't going to happen here. And then Julie would say to me, God has us right where he wants us. I don't know how you got so smart. And she said that to me more than once. You believe that God has us right where he wants us? Oh, not with COVID, not with the pandemic, not with the new president-elect or the old president, or not with my situation, not with my health, not with this, not with that. No, listen, I'm not saying God caused everything. But God has us right where he wants us. That he is a God who is leading. Listen, you can be at rest if you are confident and you know God's leading me. He's leading me. He maybe didn't cause this. He maybe didn't have this uprising. He maybe didn't throw this my way. But he's leading me. He's leading me. You can be at rest when you know that God is leading you. When God's got it. You may not like where you're at. You may not like how he's leading you. You wouldn't be the first. But when God's leading you, you can be at rest. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 14 says, As a beast goes down into the valley, and the Spirit of the Lord causes him to rest, so you lead your people to make yourself a glorious name. The Lord causes us to rest in His leadership of our life. He's bringing us to that place of rest in Him. The other night, when I was sitting right over here and just kind of enjoying the program, the Christmas Eve program, Kevin played a Magi in that program, and he had a line in there where he said, we followed the star and the Lord led us right here to where he was born. And this wasn't in his uh, line or anything, but when he said that, I remembered just sitting there. And I almost felt like the Lord dropped this word into my heart. But, let's see, how did he, I mean, I think I wrote it down here, I don't want to miss it. But then it said, then this is the thought that came to me after Kevin said that. But then he led them another way. And if you remember the story, the Magi came to Israel. They had seen his star rise, and they knew it was a star pointing to the coming Messiah. So they went looking, and then the star, the terminology gives the appearance that it reappeared. I don't know how it, how it happened, but the star came and The Bible said it stood over the house where he was, right? And then in a night dream or in a vision, the Lord warned them not to go back to Herod, but to go another way. God was leading. God was leading. And I felt like the Lord put this like little thought In this season, just like it was for the Magi 2,000 years ago. That God was directing their steps in times of turbulence and confusion. Even though Jesus was coming, Jesus came and it was glorious and wonderful. Let me tell you something. A little bit after that, Herod slaughtered a bunch of children. 
the, the nation wasn't ready. They weren't looking for this Messiah. It was a really dark time. But God was leading even in that season. God was directing their steps and He was redirecting their steps. You know what God's direction over your life? It is a revelation of the mercies of God. God is being merciful to you and I, leading us. But not only that, it's a protection from the strategies of the devil. Because he knew, God knew what Satan would try to do to this, this entourage, this magi, these, these very important people. God had a plan for them to send them another way, I think, probably, to preach that the Messiah has come all the way back home. And God was protecting them. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying to encourage us right now. We don't understand what's going on. But as we move into a new year, we can be at rest knowing that God is leading us. And we don't know. I don't know what the next year, the next two years, five years, ten years, or twenty years will look like for us as a people or for us as a church. I don't even know. But I am confident that God is leading us. That He will direct us. That He will bring us. I'm not saying that every problem comes from God. And that's His way of bumping us around. I'm saying whatever arises, God is leading. God is leading. And He's leading you. He's leading you. You can be at rest. Because God is leading you. Amen. Well, that's it. That's all I got. Let's stand. I don't even have a good conclusion. Except to enter his rest. And next year, I, or next year, yeah, next year, next Sunday, <laughs> next Sunday is next year. I have another word that I felt like the Lord gave me about being at rest and entering the rest of God, and we'll talk about that. But less determined to go from this season and this year into the next, entering the rest of God. And if there's any point that I spoke today or any word that was spoken today that specifically touched your heart, let's just, let's just bring it to the altar right now. Let's let God do what the altar does. It alters us. Amen. So let's let the Lord do that right now. Father, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you are here that you are in our midst. And Lord, I just pray for every one of us right now, God, that we will just shake off the dust of this past year and all the topsy-turvy emotions and confusion that has maybe attached itself to us. We let it go right now. We shake it off. We're not carrying it anymore, which means we're just going to cast it all on you right now. If there's anything you need to cast on the Lord, just say, God, I'm not, I don't want to be laden with this anymore. I'm throwing it your way, God. I'm giving it to you. Lord, we, we fling our burdens, our cares, our troubles to you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you would Baptize us afresh and anew in the Holy Spirit.
I pray, Lord, that you would revive us in our spirit language. I pray that if there's any of us, Lord, who have yet to walk into that grace, Lord, that without any religiosity, without any condemnation, God, that we would just receive this precious gift of the Spirit of God and that it would become a vital living part of our everyday life, God. God, to live in the fullness, to walk in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in everything we do. And Lord, lead us, we pray. Lead us. Lead us, Lord. Lead us to that place of rest. God, take us there. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for watching online. God bless you.